You are listening to the Outbreak Podcast Network, part of the Outbreak Entertainment family. I got blisters on my fingers! Like me and most adults, you have daily aches and pains. One thing that has helped me with the discomfort is using CBD products. I'm not talking about medical marijuana. This has no THC and it won't get you high. There's been a lot of research about CBD helping with inflammation, and I can say from personal experience it does give me some relief. The company I recommend is CBDMD.com. They have all sorts of CBD products, oil tinctures and capsules, gummies, topicals, and bath bombs. They even have CBD oil for animals. Check them out at CBDMD.com. Alright guys, welcome to Inside the Mind of George Martell. I'll be a little bit different this week. My fascination with wrestling started when I was seven or eight years old. Prior to that, I hated wrestling. You see, my uncles were wrestlers, the Martel brothers, Pierre, Rick, Michelle. Pierre would become Frenchie Martin later on. And of course, Rick would become the model. Unfortunately, Michelle was taken from us at an early age. Now, like I said, I hated wrestling. I hated going to the show, seeing my uncles get beat up. I hated seeing them bleed all over the place. It's not something you want to see as a kid. Now, I started watching wrestling and loving it when I saw Hulk Hogan defeat the Iron Sheik in Madison Square Garden, New York. My dad showed me a tape of that match, and I was hooked. I became the biggest Hulkamaniac in the world. I started learning the history of pro wrestling, how many World Wrestling Federation champions there were, how long they held the titles, who they beat, who they lost to. I learned the rest of their stats, uh, their gimmicks, their moves, their promo styles. No one was better to me than Hulk Hogan, however. I, like most Hulkamaniacs, wanted to be the Hulkster's tag team partner one day. I dreamed of the day when Hulk would introduce me as his tag team partner and announce that we were going up against Roddy Piper and his partner. And what a dream that was. What I didn't know at the time was that a few years later I would be living with my aunt and uncle, Frenchie, and meeting my heroes. Hulk Hogan, the Mighty Hercules, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Tito Santana, the Macho Man Randy Savage, The Undertaker, Nature Boy, Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, Bobby the Rain Heen, Andre the Giant, Haku, just to name a few. In 1989, my family and I were invited to Hercules' wedding. Now, I had the time of my life. Now imagine a 12-year-old boy, the biggest wrestling fan in the world, at a wedding reception with Hercules, Hulk Hogan, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Brett the Hitman Hart, Owen Hart, Jim Neidhart, Butch Miller, just to name a few. I still have pictures of that evening. I have pictures of me holding a one-year-old Brooke Hogan. The next day, we went to the Hulkster's home. He threw a pool party. 
I hung out inside with Linda and Hogan as I watched him eat enough food to feed, to feed a small army. They cut a promo on me for eating his Cheetos and wrestling me in his living room. I tapped out to the Hulkster's tickle move of doom. And after that, I sat down next to Hulk as we watched WrestleMania 5 in his living room. Talk about a dream come true. That day, I knew I wanted to be a wrestler. Now, let's fast forward to the future. The Monster Factory was a wrestling school out of New Jersey that was expanding in Tampa, Florida. I walked in asked to be asking to be trained. I was 16 years old and 130 pounds soaking wet. They looked at me and, frankly, they laughed. I left, a little defeated, but I came back with my uncle. So he didn't laugh so much then. My uncle was training a little while at the Jersey school. He explained to them that I needed to learn how to bump, that I pretty much knew the psychology and a lot of the moves. I just needed a ring to bump in. He explained to them he explained to them um, that that wouldn't be full time and a couple of weeks later my friend Brian and I went to our first day of school squats, running the ropes, bumping for two hours, then a semi shoot battle royal I was eliminated last I got thanked, I got up, thanked the trainers changed, and walked outside where my aunt was waiting got in the car Told her all about my first day, then realized I was not going to be able to get out of the car. Neither was Brian. We could not walk for two days. Now, before I go, I could go for the full training. I was hit by a pickup truck on my way to rent some WWF videos from Blockbuster. My ability to walk was gone for three months. My body took a big hit, and I decided against training at the school. Years later, I would train, and things worked out. Now, I know you probably don't want to hear about my personal life before wrestling, however interesting. I am not famous, and while you're not here for that, my first match happened by accident. I was at home watching WWF Smackdown, September 2001. It was the Smackdown after the 9-11 attacks. I was down and really depressed about the attacks in my home city of New York, and a friend of mine came over. Oh, my friend, we'll call him Greg. Greg was a tall, slightly overweight, long-haired, bearded guitar freak. He worked at a very famous music store. He was on his way to a party he was invited to by his university friends. He invited me. We'll cheer you up, he said. Get out of the house, grab a beer, relax. I almost didn't go, but I decided to accept the, the invite. After I got a bit tipsy, convinced a few girls to flash us, and talked to a few people, I ran into a couple guys that were talking about wrestling. Naturally, I joined in the conversation and found that they were local wrestlers that did a very small show on Friday nights in Central Hills. I saw a little bar called Joe Bob's. Now, Joe Bob was everything you think of when you think of a small hole on the wall dive that happened to have wrestling there. Remember, in 2001, wrestling was still huge, and everybody loved it. So these guys asked if I would like to come out to the, the next night to their show. I was stoked. I called my cousin, who also a train worker, 
um, John, and um, he would wrestle us. This is John Martel or Shadow for a little while. He called his buddies that you know, he grew up with that I also knew. Um, this guy named Druid, also known as Big Jose, and Eddie Torres. Now, the next night, we all bent up to go to Sefer Hills and talked ourselves on the card. NSW was the name of the company, New School Wrestling. A regular, right? So I spoke to the booker and the owner. Lately, there's been a lot of research into CBDs, and CBDMD.com is one of the leading suppliers of CBD products. They offer top-of-the-line, top some of the best quality CBD products there is to offer. They offer things such as the, the CBD oil tincture drops, uh, the CBD gummies, CBD uh, vape oil, uh, topicals, which you can just rub right on your skin. CBD is not like medical marijuana. There is no THC in it. You don't get that euphoric high. Instead, you get all of the benefits of CBDs, which is reduce of inflammation. It's one of the best things that you can actually do for your body. It is something that I would strongly suggest you look at, especially if you suffer from daily aches and pains. Just go to CBDMD.com, sign up, and take a look at their products. Give them a try. I believe you'll be very happy with the results. As I was saying, the next night, we all met up to go to Sefer Hills and talk ourselves onto the card. New School Wrestling. Now, I know that while we went through our career, Eddie always said that... And I quote, George, that day you started our wrestling career by bullshitting. And it's true. While we were trained, some more than others, we had no prior experience during a match. Eddie and Jose had never been inside a ring to that point. They trained with my family old school style on concrete or dirt, no pads or mat. Watch Eddie Torres work, amazing bumper, perhaps this helped. The promoter asked if we had wrestled before. Of course, it's, yeah, I said lots of times. We can do a tag team, my free tonight. And we got to do okay. Ask what name we want for the teams. My cousin John and we're going to call him Jay. My cousin Jay and Jose, um, they were known as Shadow and Druid, respectively, and they would become the Night Stalkers. And Eddie and I became the New York, New Jersey Connection. The name was to play off my uncle's team, the Can-Am Connection, back in the 80s. Later, we realized the name was way too long, and we just shortened it to just the Connection. We went out and had the most basic tag team match of all time, with Eddie doing most of the work. The ring had spots where the pads were gone. One corner had nuts and bolts stinging out of it, poking us in the back and ass every time we got thrown into it. It was, from my understanding, an old kickboxing ring not meant for bumping. All 26 or so people in the crowd got into it, because while Eddie got his ass kicked in the ring, I did my best to entertain the crowd. Later in my career, I realized I was better at that and became a manager, but more on that at another time. We remember this match fondly. As shitty as it was, 
because it was our first. Our cherries were pops, so to say, so to speak. And we did it with each other. Now, when we went to the back, literally the back of the building, the alleyway was our dressing room, quote unquote. We got a surprise reaction. The booker and promoter praised us like they had just seen the Bulldogs versus the Heart Foundation in Madison Square Garden. Match of the night, main event, awesome tag team match. I couldn't believe it. We were all on Com 9. Now, there were some guys that ran another promotion at the same venue on Wednesdays and Sundays. They were called GXW, Generation Extreme Wrestling. Which was a take on the old ECW style shows without any of the talent, a real ring, or a crowd. But they had to have the Canon Connection and the Night Stalkers. Now we were getting bookings. Now the following Friday, NSW used us again, but they wanted the Connection to cut a promo in the ring. We were a babyface tag team. For those of you who don't know, babyface means good guys. And we had never cut a promo in front of the crowd. As a matter of fact, the only time we ever cut a promo was in our friend um, Ben's backyard or our bathroom mirror. And that theory don't really count. So, the time came and we went out there to an okay reaction. I grabbed the, the mic, nervous as hell, started to speak, thanking the crowd and telling them who we were. I thought my promo was as good as anyone in the WWE. Side note, it wasn't. It sucked. It was horrible. Now the problem was that the crowd could not hear me. Why you ask? Well, because they were too busy booing the shit out of us. Eddie grabbed the mic to help me out. And he says, and I quote, Shut up, my partner is talking. There goes our careers and faces. Oh well. The promoter wasn't happy at all. He just turned us and let it go. Now Eddie would not come back to NSW for a few weeks. He had his reasons. Those are his to tell, not mine. I came back for a few singles matches. I was scared shitless. My singles debut wasn't even as George Martel. I was Chalupa number 26. A Lucha Libre gimmick where the luchador didn't speak Spanish except for the Mexi Mexican food items. Thank you, Eddie Christian. Now, I was the only Latino Chalupa. Now, honestly, I had fun. And the fact that I worked one half of the Heartbreak Express was even better. Superstar Sean Davis, part of a tremendous tag team that unfortunately never made it to the big time but had more talent than most of the teams there. Now, I learned a lot of from the Davis brothers. I thank them a lot for that. True professionals that worked as Rick's son, the model George Martel. Later on, then I beat a local legend named The Gangster. Uh, local, quote unquote. He was a fan favorite. He was retiring. I beat him and I took his name. I was then known as The Gangster George Martel. See? Funny thing is, the booker didn't tell anyone but me and Gangster that we were doing this. Some of the guys in the back gave me a lot of heat for quote-unquote stealing his gimmick. And my reputation was born. I had the reputation of a troublemaker, a loudmouth, 
etc. I defended myself when they came at me about the gimmick infringement. In my last match at NSW came when I worked a guy named Genocide. This dude was as green as Kermit the Frog and about as smart as a puppet. He was stiff, reckless, clumsy, but the good old folks of Sifford Hills loved him for some reason. They nicknamed him the Stone Cold of Sifford Hills. Probably named himself that, but who knows. He was a nice guy towards me and we were booked against each other. In the ring, as I hit him, he yelled to him from Emmy to hit him harder. So I kicked to kick him harder, to punch him harder. From that point on, people complained that I was too stiff. And the finish came when a fan, a guy in, the, in drag, came in from the crowd, pushed Genocide off the top rope, and I covered him for the win. That point made me pretty hated, especially when I started calling myself Genocide George Martel. I loved getting booed. It was just an amazing feeling of these people hating me. I wanted to continue being a heel. Now, I started running my mouth on a company that was putting us down called IPW, Independent Pro Wrestling, a hardcore company that was miles ahead of us in talent, size, and just about everything else you can think of. But that didn't stop me. But because my big mouth and genocide also had worked with a couple of the IPW guys, that went to the show, we were suspended. And the official story was that Genocide and I fought in the non-existent locker room, therefore we were suspended. This would not be the last time I've been suspended, however. Now, uh, I wasn't going to do this. Um, I was going to continue my story. Um, but I'm going to end the podcast here. Um, first of all, I'd like to say um, goodbye and rest in peace to one of the great legends of all time, Handsome Hardy Race, the king of the World Wrestling Federation from 87 to 89. He, uh, he worked WrestleMania, he worked Starcade, he trained lots of individuals, was in the Hall of Fame, and numerous Hall of Fames, and uh, he passed away, and let me rest in peace, condolences to his friends and family, also my prayers and uh, my thoughts go to the victims and the family of those injured and brutally murdered in the shootings in Ohio and Texas over the weekend. It is an absolute tragedy. It's completely moronic that people still don't think we need gun control in this country. It's completely idiotic that we have an orange-haired buffoon in the White House whose blame goes straight to him because these two idiots that did this shooting are touting trying to kill immigrants because 
our lovely president has declared war on the immigrants. That fucking idiot. I uh, have a heavy heart. And uh, I give my condolences, prayers, thoughts to everyone affected. This is a dark, dark time in American history. And it all starts with that asshole in charge. Everybody be safe out there. God bless and take care. If you're like me and most adults, you have daily aches and pains. One thing that has helped me with the discomfort is using CBD products. I'm not talking about medical marijuana. This has no THC and it won't get you high. There's been a lot of research about CBD helping with inflammation, and I can say from personal experience it does give me some relief. The company I recommend is CBDMD.com. They have all sorts of CBD products, oil tinctures and capsules, gummies, topicals, and bath bombs. They even have CBD oil for animals. Check them out at CBDMD.com.